I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journeys and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. In this episode, I'm back with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon to find out what drives her to dig into her values and how she walks them out in her daily life. Dr. Lyon, again, is board certified in family medicine and is a subject matter expert and educator in the practical application of protein types and levels for, for health and performance and aging and disease prevention. That was the topic of our part one together. If you haven't heard that, please go back, listen to that as well. We dove deep into that in our first conversation. Her new book over my shoulder here, if you're watching the video, is Forever Strong, a new science-based strategy for aging well. I've been studying it. It's the catalyst for this series that we're doing here. You can also find Gabrielle in her podcast right now. Wherever you're listening to this, you can go search for her, The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, and uh, really urge you to check it out. You'll get deeper into what we've been talking about in this series I listen to those shows. Gabrielle, thanks for coming back on with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kevin. It is a gift. It's been fun to get to know you more. And I'm eager to through this show as we go through the aspects of what drives you. And as you know, I start off, not that it's the most important, but it's an interesting one to start off with on the spiritual aspects, mm -hmm. the spiritual values in your life. Tell us about those and how you go about practicing those. Yeah, well, I'm going to start this with potentially uh, a little bit of an alternative perspective. Please. Um, in medicine, I, I think um, most people don't appreciate the impact that life and death has on the physician, mm. or at least I can speak for myself. I found 
being in the hospital and being at the end of life with phys- with patients to be very difficult. Hmm. It's where potentially some physicians become calloused. I actually became quite the opposite. I think it really it deeply, deeply affected me. And would I say that I had always been spiritual? Yes, somewhat spiritual. But what really came through throughout my training and that has carried through is the idea that the moments that we have here are very short. Hmm. And would you say that that is a spiritual um, belief or framework? I would say that when the end is in mind, then it allows you to think spiritually about your current state. It allows you to live courageously so that when you face end of life, what is it that you have also cultivated? That is incredibly timely. Um, Gabrielle, about eight months ago or so, I had a guy on the show, Dr. Jordan Grummet, and he was, I think, internal medicine or whatever, and he transitioned to mm-hmm. palliative care. And when I asked him, so we did the same series, I asked him about mm-hmm. spiritual, and he said, man, I, he came out of a Jewish upbringing, went into medicine and just kind of, you know, had, it, we're science-based, we're, we're kind of got rid of the, the faith and spirituality. And he mm-hmm. said, being a palliative care doctor, he says the most profound aspect of his current spirituality is that when he sits in a room with a patient, when they die, he said, man, Kevin, something leaves the room. And he says that that is the most shocking aspect, acute yeah. aspect of his spirituality. I've told that story so many times, Gabriel, because you know, no matter how you're talking, that feels like that's one of those things that you just can't deny experientially. Yeah. And so to hear you say it again. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it really makes you think what um what is the meaning? Yeah. What is the meaning of life? How do we think about what happens after and how does that translate to what we do while we're here? Uh, it's so it sounds like you're also in essence saying and there's just from your experience mm-hmm. with what we're talking about here there's a reverence for the spiritual is there are there ways that then you find yourself whether it's daily or consistently making room for that or honoring that in a specific context, a habit in essence. Interestingly enough, when I was younger, I did it a lot more. It was very, you know, and I think that there's probably this transition from the esoteric to the uh, magical, right? When you're 18, this is kind of funny. When you're 18, you're really into the chakras and the stones and the essential oils, which maybe I I still like to this day. But there's this somewhat um, transition of spirituality as we become more mature. At least that's the lens at which I, I, I see it, just because as we garner more life and life experiences, when we're younger, we don't have um, so much to like think about or or oh. see from the perspective of synchronicities or understand how things begin to play out over time. Um, and I know that your question is about spirituality and do I do the things. I think when I was younger, I did a lot of things, whether it was, um, I don't know, like meditate out in the woods or play with crystals or do all those external things. I think now I do a lot more internal things. And um, that includes doing some type of meditation. That includes being deeply present with my children. Mm-hmm. That includes being very aware of the synchronicities of life. Um, 
as those things show up, it's always, it's almost like a wink or a reminder. And that's what I was going to ask as I, I mean, I'm on my own journey as we all are. And sometimes there is the, okay, this moment, I'm really going to take this into account, be present with this, pursue this, you know, spirituality, this moment, whatever. And then other times of what I really want to do in addition, but I really want to do is just, can I be aware at all the time, all the, right now, right now, sitting here with you, all we've got is this moment. And is there a spiritual aspect to it? There can be, if I allow that. And that's what I hear you talking about. That would be my greatest desire to be within it all the time in essence. Me too. So, Me okay. too. I, and that's why I was, at, I was actually very excited for this second uh, portion of the interview mm. because I do so much science and I, I definitely want to see more of the bridge. So I love that we don't have to talk about science in this episode. I actually get to think about some of the things that I really um, enjoy and need to spend time paying more attention to. And that is actually one of the things. Thank you. You know, I will throw out another resource. My listeners hopefully will, will remember this. Dr. Tama Bryant, she is she was on the show when she was president-elect of the APA, American Psychological Association. She's now president. That's really her foundation, or I shouldn't say that. That's, it's her advocacy, her main advocacy, uh, Gabrielle, is to bring spirituality into therapy because she says if we he says we got a culture that mm. is built on spirituality if we don't honor that how can we meet them where they are i love that so that's that's the head of our apa mm. right now is trying to bring that into what you know is often whether it's it's medicine therapy psychology whatever not mm -hmm. a spiritually based context and yet we find that most people are so Thank you. I also, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little wrench in here. Are you Please. ready for this? Yes. So my dad is a Wharton graduate, graduated top three of his class, mathematician, huh. captain of the wrestling team, a very early adopter and innovator in um, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. And he lives in Ecuador and he's somewhat of a medicine man. Hmm. He, he goes and he spends time in the jungle, lives off the land, is very spiritual, meditates two hours a day. Wow. Um, he embodies the things now that we are talking about. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to have gone from watching someone who was so deep into like work and push and hard. And when he reflects back to me, it's so interesting to hear the conversations and just the things that he's, he says, like, you know, everything just turns out right. Or why push so hard? Just, just fascinating. Was, can I ask, was there yeah. something that happened for him? Like the, yeah. an instance, an incident, an epiphany, a revelation or a dawning? He had a near death experience. Okay. Okay. That'll do it. That'll do it. That can do it. That can do it if you're open. It did so. it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Kevin. It did it. But it, it, it's interesting. To, and again, he lives in Ecuador, so I only get to see him twice a year now. But it's fascinating and just amazing when his energy is in the space and he's here and just to really see it embodied. Well, and that's what I experience it to be and why I desire pursuit of it is because it's such an energy and it affects everything. Yeah. 
Well, a great segue, uh, Gabrielle, into relationships. Uh, and uh, as we just talked, you're married to a Navy SEAL, I just found out, uh, who yeah. never complains, and uh, which is ridiculous. And it's you ridiculous. have two kids, uh, two and four. And I've seen your social. I know family is just a big part. But this is, you know, this is family. This is friends, extended family, but the friends, the relationships that you want in your life. Tell me what rises to the surface uh, when you go, gosh, man, this is what you're looking for. This is this is a highlight value that you're pursuing in your relationships and then some of the things that you do to foster that. Well, you mentioned a, a handful of different relationships. Mm -hmm. And if I were to say the romantic relationship, that is very, very important to me. And the reason is, is not because it's about romance or not because it's about love and romance and et cetera, but it's really about being in the foxhole with that person. Mm. Who is your teammate that has your back? Who is the person that you count on, not just in the good times and not just in the bad times, but just as that kind of pillar? right? Yeah. That you are in the foxhole. It's not what happens necessarily out in the world, but it's what happens. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's you against the world, but it is your teammate for the inevitable interfaces within <sighs> what is going to happen. So that's top. It's interesting. I'll ask you this question, Gabrielle. I had somebody on recently, we talked about relationships and she talked about her spouse and it was, she was taking a contrarian approach, but she lives it. She says, I've, I've got the, a lot of key relationships that fulfill different needs in my life. She said, my husband isn't necessarily my best friend. I've got some best friends, but he is the most important person in mm. my life. He is my partner. I've just been playing with that with people and, and with, you know, cause a lot of times we expect that that is our you know best friend, soulmate, whatever. Sometimes it's just, it's the person we partnered with and is important. Where do you yeah. find yourself? Tell me. Um, he is my best friend and mm -hmm. he's also my teammate. And when I use the word teammate, I mean that he makes me the best version of myself. And I witness not just by anything that he does or says to me, but I'll give you examples, but how he shows up and he doesn't have to say anything. It's the way in which he literally lives his life. It is so inspiring. Hmm. There's the external perspective that people have about things. And then there's the internal perspective of what happens behind closed doors. And behind closed doors, he's probably more exceptional hmm. than he is outwardly. And he's pretty frigging exceptional. <laughs> and that is amazing to witness on such a profound level when you see a human go through life with a capacity. He was a, a SEAL, um, a medic in the SEAL teams during a time of war. And when someone got injured, they would send him in. You know, he's a bigger dude. So he could deal with the injury on an, in an active war zone while taking care of the guy. And then, um, you know, getting him stabilized and back. And he couldn't do much from, um, you know, like these lower body injuries from IEDs and, and those kinds of things. So he ended up going. And while he was on deployment um, overseas, he taught himself calculus and physics and planned uh, to go to medical school. <laughs> then went to medical school while working um, as a trauma instructor 
of like really elite trauma and then going to night school from, I don't know, like seven to 10 and then studying from 10 to 12 and then waking up from four. Then he'd wake up at, I don't know, four, finish his work and be at work by six. And yeah, do I wonder that. how the guy, it's like Wolverine, if he can recover that quick. I, 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 he didn't. But yeah. what was so fascinating is now fast forward, because we were married when he was active duty, now fast forward to watch him go through medical school. And, and I'll, I'm going to explain how this relates to the importance of relationships and, yeah. and where I relate in this is then fast forward through medical school. He published during the time of, medi- of being in medical school, published, I don't know, 12 first author papers recruited by Harvard, Yale, got more interviews than anyone graduated top honors in his class. Okay. As a second career, you know how hard that is to go back. And during the time that he was in medical school, this is an example, I was writing my book and, you know, we've had two kids and writing this book is a really big process. You know, you've written a book and also I manage a business and and these other things. And I was just sitting there complaining about, I just don't know how I'm going to get this all done. You know, we've got now two kids and this is, and he looked at me and he said, you know what, if you really cared about what you were doing, then you would just get up earlier. You would get up at four with me and you would stop telling yourself these stories and you would execute and you would get the job done. And you know what? He was right. And it holds you to a higher standard and the listeners probably like, oh my gosh, yeah, but that sounds crazy. But there's no narrative about what needs to happen. There's no, oh my gosh, poor me. It's what is the task at hand? What needs to happen? This is a short period of time to bring something forward that's really meaningful. And that's just an example. And I didn't wake up at four. I woke up at five. But I didn't need him to say, oh my gosh, you're right. It's just so hard. You really need to just take it easy. That's in my mind, that would, that would not be a good teammate for me. That's not what I need. And it calls into question your motives, what drives you, which is the point of this segment as well. With the efforts that you have, the th- things you're doing. So that's, that's him. You've got other relationships as well. I do. I do. Well, I know, but I'm going to ask, you know, what are the things it, I know just you, just like everybody else on the shelf behind me and myself as well, there's a lot of opportunity. There's so many things to go after that. It takes a big effort to protect those relationships. What do you find yourself? Yeah. How, how do how does that look like to you? The things you have to say no to the ways you have to guard things. How do you make those deposits that you want to keep them in the place and the health that you desire? Yeah, I'm a pretty social person and I love the opportunity to show up for people. Yeah. I love the opportunity to be a fine doctor and a great friend. And I always make time for that. Yeah. Well, health and wellness is the next one. Yeah. This is your alleyway here. And yeah. but I love to hear what it is that you are valuing. And we spent the whole first episode talking about the benefits of skeletal muscle and how that relates even to our cognitive ability. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA, 
the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. But today you're looking in the mirror at yourself and saying, this is what I am choosing to do throughout the day because I value X in regards to health and wellness. What bubbles to the surface? Yeah, I always train. I, uh, most days a week I train, I do, I'm very, you know, so yesterday I just wanted to see how many steps I actually take yesterday, um, was more of a sedentary day for me. Again, this is not a normal time because I'm in a book launch period. Yeah. And anyone that will has written a book will tell you it's not necessarily the healthiest because yeah. you're you have just you're sitting around doing a lot of writing, a lot of working. So naturally, I hit ten thousand steps. Even if I'm in the house, I'm that kind of you know amped up, walking around person. But um, training matters a lot. I always do something physical, no matter what. I always move some kind of weight around. That is just of vital importance. I always take time to do maybe even, even if it's a 10 minute meditation, just chill with my legs up for 10 minutes. Um, those are the, the, the really big things. And I always try to get outside. Um, and I always try to do something physical with my kids. And we did talk, I want to pull you back to, or pull the audience back to it in the first one. We've tended to look at man movement, especially here in America, whatever you'll do to move your body is is great. I did ask you if you're going to err on one side of cardio or resistance. And you Mm -hmm. said 
true to form resistance. Uh, it's interesting. I've talked about that, Gabrielle, since we talked last with some other mm-hmm. folks, some physicians, and they said, yeah, uh, we do too. We do yeah. too. Uh, and I just, I'm a cardio guy. So it's good. I know. We're working on it. I'm working, working on it, Kevin. We're working on it. We're you, working. How about you can be both? I can be, but well, you know, here, here, you know what, let me, let me, I'll be candid and throw something at you. So this is, as of this recording, nine days ago, Gabrielle, I was on a big mountain bike ride in Taos, New Mexico, had the biggest wreck I've ever had in my life. Oh my gosh, really? So I'm sitting here gingerly. I've got seven broken bones. What? Yeah. And, uh, uh, hopefully it's not, but a partially collapsed lung. So, so you're saying that you either go big or go home, go big or go home. Yes. I want to continue to go big though. So I, I really, so I'm sitting here with broken bones. I'm thinking about healing. What can I do to speed up the healing process? Mm-hmm. And I do not want this to make me one bit more fragile. Mm-hmm. I want to come back as strong or stronger. And it's really gotten me thinking about, yeah, so I've got this great set of lungs and cardio. How am I doing? I do some resistance stuff, but it is not the, the the majority. And I'm looking at this feeling motivated to hit the protein hard yeah. and the resistance training hard as soon as I can. So Kevin, I want to take this as an opportunity for mm-hmm. you and for your listeners because they respect you so much. From this moment on, when you get back and are cleared to train, now you have to do resistance training. Yeah. Because yeah. the more muscle mass you have at that you would have had for that fall yeah, would have protected you. I mean, it's, there's no guarantee, but truly, um, I'm assuming that you're not able to train now. The, that skeletal muscle is everything. Right? No, I have to lift up my right arm to move it over to the keyboard. Okay. Types. So that means that that tissue is going to atrophy. Yeah. And now this is an opportunity. It's such a synchronistic timing, but you are going to be getting um, into lifting after this, because you are now being shown that you do need to build muscle. Well, and what, what we also talked about, and Gabriel, I, I talked about this with uh, my my buddy who's an MD. Was the was your testimony of how better off we are in essence? I'm going to just paraphrase Layman's term to be doing muscle resistance training from as early on as possible. It will make it easier on mm-hmm. us our entire life. So if I were to injure my legs, which un- not unfortunately, that's a stupid thing to say. I didn't injure my legs at all. Nothing from the waist mm-hmm. down that I hurt at all. Although it was a blunt force trauma. I fell against a tree root. It was just a really bad high speed wreck. And it, it, uh, it was all upper body that if it happened to my legs, I think my recovery would be better because they are stronger. I've been running, you know, blood vessels down there and mm. really, uh, working those out up here. I've not. So back to your, would I have not hurt myself uh, as much yet? Right. If I had more upper body muscle mass and two, would I just have by proxy more you're the doc. I mean, I, I, I would have more available to help the healing process probably than I do. Well, yeah. So, um, yes, you would. But um, the good news is you didn't hurt your legs, so you should be doing walking and something. And if you can do some kind of resistance training yeah. um, while uh, you have the capacity to do it, you should do something. Um, as far as your arm, I don't know. Uh, it looks like they haven't immobilized you. But this is... Well, I just took it out of the sling for okay. the... The so video. then I would ask the doctor if you could use a stim, uh, um, like a, not a stim suit, but um, a stim apparatus. No, I would definitely ask. Because okay. if you can, then it'll contract the muscle. You might not be able to, but if you can, even if it's, 
you'll, you'll have to ask again to the extent of the injury. Okay. But I would be doing some kind of resistance training. And if he says he doesn't want you doing that, then I would at least get him on the legs. So it'll stimulate the tissue because you do okay. need to protect that. And then this is the time where you would be increasing your dietary protein. Um, yes. And this would be a great time for a whey protein shake and extra, extra supplemental protein. Could you get crazy with it and, and maybe add some peptides, BPC-157 for healing? You could. I'm game. I'm game. I am going to, I did think about you yesterday though. And you talking about, especially at the beginning, the need to actually be measuring, weighing out whatever my food I'm going to need to, I, there's no way I'm going to do enough protein just by, even with an, an extra focus on it, unless I really start measuring it out and go, okay, I got to get this much in and I'm about to start first thing in, in the day and, and plan that out to get up to speed. So um, well, speaking on that, let me jump into for nutritionally. Now we talked about protein. I know mm -hmm. that that's a primary focal point of your diet, but I do want to add, and, and that you, you also talked about meat and red meat as well, but give us a snapshot of your diet, which uh, folks in forever strong, you've got literal, uh, dietary plans and recipes and some things in there, but give us a snapshot of your daily nutritional intake. How many meals, what yeah. size? Yada. Yep. Um, so let's see what happened today. Again, it's such a whirlwind with everything happening in, in the two little kids. Um, Today, I think for breakfast, we had some salmon patties that were already prepared. And my kids had that too. A little bit of salmon patties. Um, right before this, I had a little bit of yogurt and a nectarine. Nothing crazy. So I had a big breakfast. Uh, had something small. I'll have a bigger dinner. And uh, I'll call it a day. Today will be two bigger meals and maybe two smaller snacks. Give me a snapshot of what dinner is going to look like. You're going to have a portion of meat. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'll probably go out to, I'll probably go out to eat with my husband and I'll probably get a ribeye burger, grass fed burger. Um, so a burger, so some bread. I mean, you got some carbs on there. Yeah. I, I, so my carbohydrate intake is around 130 to 150 grams a day. Okay. It's a little higher than, and my protein intake's around 120 right now. Okay. So it's close to a one-to-one -one ratio, maybe a little bit higher. Tell me about vegetables and fruits specifically. Because Love it. We eat tons of fruits. Vegetables, we do some cooked vegetables. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I'll eat it. <laughs> uh, right. My kids aren't either. Tell me on the fruits though, because there are some that have a higher mm. glycemic index. We, I don't care about that. We don't care about that. Do you not? Okay. We actually, no. Um, one of the things that we do do is we do eat things that are um, not as ripe. So the nectarines and the plums, we eat it uh, less ripe. Mm -hmm. We do just in the house. We don't uh, like all the the sugar, the the high tasting sugar. You know, like it's really sweet. We do a ton of berries, and we try to eat seasonal. Yeah, but we do eat a lot of carbs, um, a lot of whole carbs, whole food carbs, and just a lot of whole foods. So again, it's not so much of an, an anti or less carb thing. It's just regardless, it's, but regardless, you're going to protect and make sure I'm going to get in this much protein. Right. So it's how do you design a diet that can support a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. And that includes prebiotics, postbiotics, fibers. It includes the qualities in whole food, red meat, which has creatine, carnitine, taurine, things that are really, really, really impactful and important. Mm -hmm for wellness. 
I don't normally ask this question because you're you. I'm going to supplements. What do, what do you take additionally as yeah. far as nutritional supplements? Lately, I'm really big into something called urolithin A. Urolithin A, if I were to pick one supplement that I think everyone should be on, it's, it's urolithin A. And urolithin I don't even a, know what that is. And I'm yeah. in this industry. Yeah, I know. I didn't know what it was either. Um, urolithin A is a compound that is produced in the gut microbiome from elagitanins. Elagitanins are found in pomegranates and walnuts. And the gut microbiome, you have to have the appropriate microbes to make this urolithin A. 30 to 40% of people cannot just because of their gut microbiome. And what this urolithin A does is it improves mitochondria function and has been shown to improve endurance and uh, strength in randomized control trials in humans, older adults, athletes. So this company, the, the product that I like is called MitoPure, and they did it right. They did the science for years and years, over a decade, and then they made a supplement out of it. I believe that this product, that this compound is going to be as big as fish oil. I can't believe I don't know about it. Okay, I'm going to get on the horn right. So I just looked it up here, and yeah, I'm seeing MitoPure as the... I mean, as the manufacturer, as the brand, and Urolithin, U-R-O-L-I-T-H-I-N-A. Might appear the first Urolithin A supplement. Okay, well. It's it's the best. And people can find, and all the stuff I recommend, I put on my website, I think. Um, it should be there, but it's uh, it's amazing. My husband ran the Boston Marathon, and he swears by it. And we actually use more. We use 500 milligrams twice a day. Five. If, if it's, yes. If it is the one supplement that people try that I, I'm telling you they will feel this is, um, it's just amazing. Okay. My ego just took a hit. I, I can't believe I don't know about this. And this is, I didn't know about it one. either. Um, okay. but it is the impact that it has on mitochondrial function uh-huh. is, it's just amazing. Um, okay. Amazing. I, I, don't, I don't need more. So there you go, folks. There's your, yeah. there's worth the price of entry there. So I'll order that right away. You did mention fish oil. Is that one of the, are there some other ones that you're taking? Yeah. So, so, um, your lithin A, fish oil, vitamin D, those are the top. Um, you know, you could take a good multi, but that's, that's really the top. Okay. Nothing crazy. Like if you eat a lot of red meat, you don't need to take creatine, but if you don't need a lot of red meat, creatine is great. Very well studied. Um, I do use nootropics, um, you know, things like caffeine. And then there's a company that I really love that does a whole bunch of different blends of nootropics with alpha GPC, you know, things for brain function. So mm-hmm. again, it just depends on um, what you what you really, really like. Okay. What's Dr. Gabrielle Lyons' vices? Caffeine. Caffeine. Okay. Caffeine. Nothing else? Chocolate? Cheesecake? I mean... I'm pretty food regulated. Okay. Um, shopping, 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 the real, real. If you don't know what the real, yeah. real is, yeah, is is it's, it's that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, mind, mental health is next, uh, Gabrielle, and I really like to even look at it as as mental state that you are striving to maintain 
X. You want to be at this place for yourself. What is that? What is that value that you want to? And then again, uh, the the things that you're doing to walk those out. And you've mentioned meditation and getting, you know, need to get outside. I would assume for you, uh, and I understand it too, the exercise is a big, is a huge part of my mental health, maybe the number one almost in, in spirituality. What, but tell me what you're striving for there for yourself. Um, a neutrality, a neutral mind and discernment, <sighs> neutrality and discernment. The neutral mind aspect is there's so much narrative that happens that you're telling yourself this and that. When you are neutral, um, you are able to maintain clear cognition, right? Things are not a big deal. It's not super dramatic. Whatever it is, neutral. Neutrality allows you to see things for what they are versus how you think they are. So actually maintaining a neutral mind, I think, is really important. And then the second thing is discernment, discernment, and that's discerning any um, thought, right? Or um, where you're putting your energy, where you're putting your attention. Very discerning. It's interesting, neutrality, because I've had a couple people recently say equanimity, which same, you know, mm. very similar place. So to hear you say that again is is very confirming. Have you feel like you've covered the main things that you do to achieve that as far as, you know, meditation and being outside and working out other things that fall into that for you? I mean, the truth is, the truth is I am a very hard driver. I, um, I am a very hard driving person. It is not, you know, people talk about balance and, and those kinds of things. I would say that is not a core foundational principle in our family. We are both drivers. And um, I think, you know, at least I, I speak for myself and my husband, we want to get the best out of ourselves in all of those domains, in the domain of our relationship, as a mother, as a educator. And um, it, it's a lot of grinding. You know, I don't get to wake up and, you know, do my 500 things before I start the day. I don't. I mean, I know you have a handful of children. I mean, it just doesn't, it's not like that, right? Um, and I do think that accepting that that is kind of the domain in which you function is, is really valuable. When you say that though, when you look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm a very hard driver. Why? Because I can be. And if you have the capacity to contribute, then you have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. To humanity and also to yourself. See what you're capable of. A responsibility to humanity. I feel that. I also, I think I fear boredom as well. I, I'm so grateful to get up with excitement, with curiosity, with drive in that. Have there been times when you've had to rein it back? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I would say once a year I get really like I need a vacation. Mm -hmm. And is that a but that's a that's a again it's not something that's I, I'm wondering about recovery. I, I do. I, I'm going to come back on that because you yeah. talked about your husband. You talked about yeah. you and because I I so I'm 52 and I can still put out big performances. 
Um, yeah. I can still hit some PRs now mm-hmm. that I, you know, and beat stuff from five years ago. I don't recover as fast. And so I'm looking at that right now I'm injured. I've got significant mm-hmm. injuries and I'm looking and, and, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm realizing I get tired, uh, abnormally because my body's working extra hard. Right. I'm watching my stats and I look at that cyclically. And so, you know, even when we get into the, the hustle culture and whatnot of go, go, go and less sleep, less this. I'm always wavering. Like, man, I get it. I want to go. I wish there was a pill for sleep, but then I also realize, man, I've got to recover. And, you know, maybe I'm not doing what I need to nutritionally to support that. No, I, I, what you're saying is very relevant. This idea that I, you know, one has to push, push, push is, so it's a, a personality trait, I think, mm-hmm. that is yeah. also um, existing within a culture that supports it. Yeah. And it's challenging. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean that being a hard driver is great. I am working very hard to. Um, drive in certain aspects and then push less in others. So how about that? Yeah. I am becoming more discerning on where I am driving versus what, what I'm allowing. No, I appreciate that. I get, so as I am on other people's shows on podcasts, talking about what drives you with my Mm -hmm. book and I get that question and I've even hit it with Arthur Brooks, you know, his latest book, strength to strength and moving from one capacity to the other and feel like, I don't, I don't really want to slow down necessarily. I want to produce a lot, but sometimes I'm finding that my drive instead of for this, you know, today's venture out instead of a PR, it may be a drive to stop at the lake and be present. It's still a drive, but I'm yeah. shifting it. Is that fair? What you're saying? Yeah. In my mind, how I think about it is um, drive forward and put out great work Mm -hmm. and then allow things to come back as opposed to constantly being in the hustle Mm -hmm. of putting out more work, doing this event, going to that thing, allowing more to come instead of pushing to get like getting, going out there and getting it right. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I think that I am at a place where I'm really working on incorporating that aspect. Yeah. That's, uh, I relate to that. Well, on that, you know, work, business, career, that's our next one here. And as we talked about, yeah, you've got a book that's happening now. And along with that, I know that there's probably everything's maxed tenfold and it's great. It's opportunity, which is the hardest thing that I have to struggle with to say no to these great opportunities is difficult for me. You're in that place. I would say, I would imagine, yeah, it's at a high right now and it's bringing you to look at what do you value with your work, with your career, with the breadth of it right now. And what do you have to look at in regards to those values to know what to say yes to, what to say no to. Mm. So tell me about that. Uh, I, I feel really lucky because I've got great friends around me that yeah. um, I can bounce ideas off of that are just phenomenal. And, you know, like one of my best friends, he'd be a great guest for you. His name is Don Saladino, just probably one of the most inspiring humans I have ever met. Mm. And I called him, I was, you know, on three, you know, three different trips in the span of a week. And I was just like, 
I really miss my kids. Am I doing the right thing? And he said, you know, every trip you go on, you have to ask yourself, um, is this really moving the needle or is this just like the drive, the drive? Yeah. And if it's not moving the needle, it's a no. It's a no. So it kind of falls into the, I've seen it multiple times, the hell yes or the hell no kind of aspect. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. And if it's not within that, then, uh, then you get rid of it. Then money, finances, Mm -hmm. wealth with what's going on again, lots of opportunity, Mm -hmm. lots of opportunity for more revenue. I'm sure you're making that in multiple areas in your life. And yet it holds a place. So when you look at that, what is, and I do want to, I like to put in there, Gabrielle, uh, possessions as well. Even as you look at those things and the aspect Mm -hmm. of, you know, what we own owns us, we're getting ready to do a series on minimalism, which I appreciate. I also appreciate having (laughs) some things as well. So uh, tell me about money, finances, wealth, possessions, and the values around that. Uh, I think that they're amazing, but it's not the most important thing. I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's really, really fun to be able to live in a beautiful house and have beautiful things, but um, they're all just things. They're all just things. And I'm definitely not a minimalist. Uh, I will say that, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not what really matters. When you look at the opportunities, I mean, again, we got to we got to pay the bills and, and you know, enjoy the abundance. I, I actually take zero opportunity. I don't care how much someone wants to pay me. If I don't align or believe in it, it's a absolute no. It's a that no. was that was the question. So tell me about that. The no. next opportunity that you know, I, I got to. I turn down opportunities all the time. Okay. You couldn't pay. You could not pay me enough to do something I don't believe in. You could yeah. not pay me enough to do something I don't believe in. Well, go back to that. Hell yeah. Hell, hell no. Is it, is it that kind of aspect that yes, I want to speak at that event. I believe in what they're doing or I align with what they are or, or I don't. Well, for a financial opportunity, if I don't use, for example, uh, we get approached to use products all the time. If I yeah. don't use the product and believe in the product, I do not endorse it. Yeah. Even if they offer a ton of money, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, I'm not for sale. Not for sale. Fair enough. Last one, Gabrielle, is it's really achievements uh, and, and interest, but I'm really looking at the things that you do for you that my greatest interest is in, quote, non-productive things. Now, granted, the, sometimes the things that we do that are non-productive ultimately you know, help us be the most productive ever. But in and of itself, this is something that you do. It's just a joy. It's just something that inspires you, gives you energy, makes you uh, the best Gabrielle, that you can be self-care, whatever you want to call it. What falls into those categories? Well, right now I'm not in a very self-care mode, uh, yeah. but the one of the things I love is I love to read. I've always been a reader, um, always, always, always. And I, I love talking to my mentor. I love talking about science. I love talking about ideas and um, processing new information and thinking about what are what are traditional ways of thinking, yeah. and then what are alternative ways that we can solve this problem or think about this problem in a different way. Tell me about the reading. Is that fiction, nonfiction, both? All nonfiction. I read, I used to read fiction uh, many, many, many years ago, but I read all nonfiction, whether it's research studies, whether it's a book we're reading industry. I have a book club with my partner. um, Her name is Emily Frasala. We have a book club called Freedom Reads. 
because we, we read all the time. Um, and I love reading. I love reading. I love thinking about things. Book club, freedom reads. Can people go check it out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not open for enrollment now, but it opens, um, every, every new book or something like that. What are the things that you do for, do you have some that come into, I, when we do this just for fun, just for play, whether it's with family, with your husband, uh, with friends, the things that you do to whatever, let your hair down, cut loose, anything fall into that? Um, I mean, hard physical training is really fun for us, whether it's going for a ruck or, you know, just doing something really tough. Yeah. Any kind of hard physical training is really tough it's, it's, and is really fun. Hit on that one real quick on ruck. That's something that I've seen really come to prominence lately. And you've you been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, and, and I hear that from some people, but not, the, well, you, your husband coming from a SEAL and Navy SEAL coming mm -hmm. from the military. That's where we know it from. And yet now I've seen people more and more who are doing that out there and put on a, whatever, what's the weight? What do we, what are you looking at? 50, pounds. 50 pounds for me. And are you doing uphill? Are you doing sprints? Are you doing runs, walks? What do well, you know? When, um, so what I, one of the things that I used to do, I don't, I don't really have the time at the moment, but I would go, for a 10 miler, a 10 miler ruck every Sunday in New York City with one of my girlfriends. And I would uh, pack a, a 50 pound bag and there's no stopping. Mm -hmm. and you just have to keep going mm -hmm. for 10 miles. Do you alter your, I mean, I, I know it sounds like an elementary thing, but we've got people out here who are hearing this for the first time and they're hearing talk about the protein, they're hearing talk about uh, resistance training. Do you alter it accordingly to your daily output and pay attention to that on no. the day that you're eating? No. No? Okay. no, make it steady. Make it the thing that's so easy. Your nutrition should be so easy and great that you don't even think about it. Less yeah. is more. Here's the other thing is you have to limit chaos. You shouldn't be chaotically eating. You shouldn't not know what you're going to get when you go to the grocery. You shouldn't not know what you're going to eat tomorrow. I know exactly what we're eating tomorrow. There's no chaos. You are having 120 grams of protein. Like this is what you're doing. There's no, you're limiting the amount of um, confusion and you're limiting the amount of potentiality to go out of your plan. Like, yeah. This is just what you do. You want to change your carbohydrates because you're going to be training. So tomorrow is a, is a filming and a heavy training day for me. Um, I'll probably have more carbs. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday is also another heavy day. It's going to be fun. So Sunday is going to, I mean, so my husband has to work on Sunday, but we do a group, uh, a group training. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's going to be great. Okay. I'm going to add one last question. As a, here's, a, here's a bonus question. I love bonus questions. Okay. Well, I, this one, this one uh, is one just, I think people out there will care. Uh, obviously, you know, you talk about it in your book, the aspect of planning things out, knowing what you're going to have and having it ready. And yet we know for those who life is going to happen, they're, they're going to not have prepared, not done what they need to do. And they're on the run. You know, it's a convenience culture here right now. What are some easy go-tos for those times when, man, I'm stuck. I didn't prepare. Now I'm out. 
You don't want to do the junk, fast food, the easy, convenient stuff. Yeah. You want to stick to the protein. Where do your go-tos? Um, I always travel with canned um, chicken, canned chicken, or there's beef packets. Uh, I always travel with, I'll show you right here. Right? I had to go to the DMV yesterday. Mm -hmm. These are amazing. I get them off Amazon. Beef sticks. It's, it's just as easy to be healthy and have the things at your fingertips as it is to not be. Yeah. It, it's so easy. Um, I have, a, I have a, um, a pantry with all this stuff already stacked in there. I'm ready to go. If I need to get on a flight, um, I have a bag. I just grab it. Bag of stuff. It's all planned for. Okay. I'm going to get, I want to make sure I get the right resources for everybody to tune in with you, Gabrielle. And folks, thanks for being here, for joining us on this journey to elevate our experience and improve the way we show up for others. Uh, again, Gabrielle's book is Forever Strong, a new science-based strategy for aging well. You can get that at Amazon, wherever you get your books. I'm sure it's in all the formats that you'd want. That's what we've been studying. It's a catalyst here for this conversation. Her uh, podcast, which you can find right now on whatever platform you're on, is the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show. Go there. You'll hear her go in depth on these topics with other guests in this arena. You can find her on Instagram as well at Dr. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She's got, I think, over 400,000 followers there. And you, put, I've, I've looked at it. You put so much good information answering these questions on how to walk this out on a daily basis. You talked about your book club as well. You said, I, I know you said that the, it's not open right now, but it's called Freedom Reads. Did I get it right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other specific place for people to tune in with you that I missed? Um, um, YouTube. 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 And I have a great newsletter. Okay. In um, uh, the newsletter, go to, I think it is drgabriellelion.com, isn't it? Yep. Okay. All right. Find it there. Hey, thank you so much for being back with us uh, again. This has been a gift, Gabrielle. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking questions other people won't. I'm grateful to. It's an honor to be able to. Oh, folks, if you appreciate this show, let us know. Go and leave a rating and a review. Do that. If you get her book, please go to Amazon and leave a rating and a review. If you listen to her podcast, leave one as well. And as well for us, leave a rating on Spotify. Leave us a rating review on Apple. You can watch this full episode on YouTube at Kevin Miller CO and find Dr. Gabrielle Lyon on YouTube as well. You can find me on social media at Kevin Miller CO. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You. It's on Amazon in any format you want. Until next time, stay driven.